Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Lisa Cypress Kamen is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and integrated well-being. Let's get to it. Here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about the annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is most definitely all about the heart. Today, we are talking about feelings. You know, there's a, an old crooner song from the 70s, and I won't horrify you with my lack of tone and sing it to you, but often times in my own practice and in many uh, clinicians' practices, we spend a lot of time listening to people talk about their feelings. It feels like this. I'm thinking this. Blah, 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 blah. And this is all very important and, in fact, very therapeutic in the healing process. But at some point in time, we need to address whether our feelings are really serving us. If we need to actually think and believe Everything that we think and, and feel is actually true. And my guests have written a book that addresses this. They are talking about fricking feelings. And we may, we may talk about a lot of F words in this radio show today. And if something offends you, because we may verge on, uh, on blasphemous, I apologize. But really, we are talking about the heart of the matter, and that is feelings and what to do with them. My guests are Dr. Michael I. Bennett. He's educated at both Harvard College and Harvard Medical School. He's a board-certified psychiatrist. He's Canadian, by the way, and a Red Sox fan. While he's worked every aspect of his field, from hospital administration to managed care, his major interest is in his private practice, which he has been running for almost 30 years. He is the author of F asterisk CK Feelings. You can use your imagination with what we're talking about. Alongside his daughter, Sarah Bennett, he lives in Boston. Sarah Bennett has written for magazines, the internet, television, and books. She also spent two years writing a monthly sketch comedy show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York. When not living by her philosophy of a will write for food, Sarah walks her dog, watches Red Sox games, and avoids eye contact with other humans. Somehow, she manages to live in New Hampshire and work in New York. F 
asterisk CK Feelings, written with her dad, Dr. Michael I. Bennett, is her first book, and I welcome you both with a chuckle, with warmth, and with big heart. <laughs> Thanks well, for having thank us. you. <laughs> I mean, wow, this is such a fabulous, fertile topic to talk about. Well, uh, we're very glad you think so. I do. I do. But let's really talk about the words, the F words that we're truly talking about, which are feelings and fairness as, as two examples, and how life often throws us curveballs and what we need to do with those curveballs. We got into this because uh, I often see patients who've seen a lot of other people first, and they get very focused on how they should be able to solve their problems and feel better than they do. And sometimes they're in situations where they just can't. At least it's not going to happen until they get lucky again. And they need to take whatever actions are most consistent with making the best of things, defending their values, doing their best with people or situations that really suck. So... Um, A confrontation, especially if it involves humor and uh, obscenity, uh, there's nothing like obscenity for clearing the air, uh, often seemed to help. And I had been dying to to capture something of this uh, when my daughter Sarah uh, said she thought it could be done. Uh, She was going through a writer's strike at that time in L.A. So... We thought that if we could capture something of the old Ann Landers, the old way of phrasing a problem just as somebody uh, uh, expresses it when they're, when they're trying to solve it, and then coming in with a response that hits the reality on the, on the head and hopefully uh, is a mixture of uh, confrontation uh, and uh, humor. Uh, that uh, that it would capture something of what seemed most interesting and helpful in my clinical work. I mean, also the idea of fairness being an F word is certainly one of the bits of advice that I was raised with. You know, kids are always hearing, well, life's not fair. But when it was delivered to me as a kid, it wasn't delivered in anger, but in sort of a, you know, a thoughtful, quasi-sympathetic, patient way explained to the fullest. I don't think most kids get that treatment. They get a parent sort of barking, well, life's not fair, be quiet. And I would hear, well, it's, it's important to know that life's not fair. It's never fair. It's stupid to think about things as being fair, just like you read in the book. So it gives a nice window into my childhood, uh, sort of by accident. Well, and this fairness quotient, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, life definitely is not fair, and it's what we do with what happens to us and the journey along the way, I think, that predicates how happy we are going to be or not. Well, we really feel strongly it's what you do, and also that the kind of happiness you come out with sometimes is, is pride, is a satisfaction that you've done your best, a sense of meaningfulness that, uh, you know, seeing a lot of patients who have a depression and um, anxiety, uh, they often can't experience happiness in the usual sense uh, for long periods of time. But they can 
be very connected. They can be very proud of what they're doing with it. Uh, it's a different kind of happiness, and I think a deeper kind. And, you know, we've been writing a, a website for a long time, giving advice. And what I've learned from doing that is that there aren't really that many kinds of problems that people have. If people have a severe issue, you know, bad enough certainly that they're driven to actually see a shrink, it's usually not the nature of the problem, it's their expectations. So if people really feel important about achieving some sort of fairness in their life, they're making their problem worse. That's why it's so important to sort of hit the reset button, to focus less on getting fairness and and justice, which are two things you don't really control. You know, like my father said, they have so much to do with luck and circumstances. So if people can stop focusing on achieving those things and focus on something that's more realistic and more tangible, then it makes the problem itself much easier and less painful. I agree. You know, uh, people come into our practices more often than not, I, I found, with the same issue over and over again. The cast of characters may change, but it's usually having to do with expectations not being met, wanting things to be different, and more importantly, wanting someone else to be different to make it okay for us. Yeah, it's it's so often a relationship with somebody important who just isn't going to change. Uh, very often they want us to see that person in the hope that we could change them. <laughs> and uh, appreciating that uh, people are who they are, including their weaknesses. Uh, some people, uh, the first chapter we wrote, we were inspired to write, uh, was about jerks, except we didn't call them that. And the point was that so many uh, of the things that cause us pain are a relationship with somebody who really isn't uh, good and isn't going to be good. It's not going to be good to deal with. could be a, a parent. It could be a boss. And that you have to accept that life has these uh, people, and uh, sometimes you love them, and sometimes um, you can't get away from them. But you have to learn how to manage them and manage your expectations of them and sometimes manage getting painful statements or um, mistreatment from them. And just learn to minimize it and uh, focus on what you want to do with life and what you're going to do with your other relationships. Or if you do have a choice, how to make sure that no matter how attracted you are to that kind of person, uh, you resist that attraction. <laughs> in your future relationships. People seem to feel like writing someone off in that way, that saying, well, this person's just a bad person, uh, is somehow a personal failure. You know, it's you're giving up on someone. You're throwing away a relationship with uh, your parent, let's say, if that parent is just not a kind person. But it shouldn't feel like a defeat. It should feel like a relief. I mean, if you've spent years trying to get someone to see your point of view or be more thoughtful um, or you're trapped in a work environment where you can't even try to get someone to see that point of view, knowing that it has that person's attitude and their actions have nothing really to do with you, that's just the way they are, that, that's not giving up. That's being realistic, and that's taking this responsibility off your shoulders. I mean, you know it's not in your control. You don't have to feel defeated anymore. You just have to figure out what your own values are, and what you can do despite 
you know, being around someone so toxic or what boundaries you can create to make being around this person less painful if you have to be around them, if it's a family member or, you know, someone you are tied to through other other relationships. Well, that sounds like fucking freedom to me. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, when, when we arrive at that place of being able to you know, bear witness of these relationships that, you know, may not always be comfortable and fun and be okay with ourselves and be okay with the outcome and be free and get to be ourselves. That That's a win. Yeah, I think it's interesting uh, in the number of people, though, that really feel like reaching that point is not a win, that it's a personal failure. I mean, we've had, we've talked to people through the course of talking about this book who you know, in their own lives feel like they're doing something wrong because they can't make something better. It takes a while for them to realize they're doing everything right, but it does, their actions aren't going to have an effect because you can't control other people. You can't control their character and ultimately what their decisions are. But you have to reach a point where you let yourself off the hook, and that's a lot harder for some people than others. Indeed it is. We are going to go to a break, and my freaking awesome guests, Dr. Michael I. Bennett and his daughter, Sarah Bennett, the authors of F asterisk CK Feelings, a new book, which is a great book. We'll be right back and we'll talk more about the column that they have started because I'm very intrigued about the kinds of questions that you are asked and your responses that you give. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress Kamen. The website is F xckfeelings.com. The Facebook page is fxckfeelings.com. And the Twitter handle is at fxckfeelings. I feel like I need to spell that out so I don't get in trouble. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. Harvest more happiness by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Love to read? Looking to harvest your happiness? Then look no further. Lisa Cypress Kamen is an author of three amazing books that will assist in taking your well-being and self-mastery to the next level. Are we happy yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life offers breakthrough strategies for creating your own personal happiness revolution. Perspectives on Addiction, an Integrated Journey to Wellness is an overview of the recovery process from a multi-stepped perspective and holistic approach of substance abuse and lifestyle management. Through her third book, Reintegration Strategies for Depression, Anxiety, Anger, Grief, and Post-Traumatic Stress, offers an own nonsense approach to dealing with post-combat civilian life reintegration issues for veterans and their families. You'll find these books online at Amazon.com and HarvestingHappiness.com. Mindful meditative moments are free and relaxing on-the-spot mini staycation journeys designed to calm the mind and soothe the body from the comfort of wherever you are. No reservations or travel required. Check out the playlists on HarvestingHappiness.com and Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes and SoundCloud. Ooh. 
Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen, the show dedicated to promoting happiness from the inside out by thriving with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. So let's get back to the show and your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We are talking with Dr. Michael I. Bennett and Sarah Bennett. They are co-authors of the new book. I'm just going to say it and I'm going to get bleeped. F asterisk CK feelings. It is a humorous and heartfelt and quite serious approach to dealing with life. Okay, Bennett's, talk to me about this column that you've been writing because this sounds like fun. Oh, well, for a long time, we had this website where people would write in with their issues, but also my father's patients would sort of volunteer to have their issues written up, obviously with all details concealed. Um, and, you know, that's where I said that I learned that people really don't have that many. Our problems are all very similar. You know, they usually involve a relationship with an impossible person or dealing with the stroke of bad luck or not getting to feeling too lonely, not getting to be in a relationship. Um, and it's these loaded expectations that weigh people down. Uh, and when people write in, they are usually, you know, feel very trapped and very desperate. And it's always a relief to get to reach out to them. Um, for me, you know, I, I'm not trained. I, I just write fart jokes. But to see that <laughs> what they're dealing with usually has some very practical advice attached to it. Um, you know, because my father in his practice or, and throughout the years has dealt with people that are very sick, not just people that are dealing with anxiety and depression or are just sucking a bad job. I mean, he started working his career in a mental hospital. So what we get to do through this this blog is find out, you know, people who write in, find ways to connect problems to each other that gives them a different kind of insight. You know, it's one problem and then the other side of it. Now, granted, doing book promotion, we have not gotten a chance to answer cases as much, but we have a loaded backlog for years of sort of uh, two cases every week that show both sides of a problem, both sides of a coin of a specific problem. Um, And I think that illuminates both approaches in a different way. Shall we take an example? Well, let's see. Uh, Sarah's the real, really the good one at putting two together. But let's say uh, uh, somebody wanted to uh, write in about how um, how frustrated they were at not being hel- able to help an alcoholic wife. Uh, they uh, they loved her. Uh, she did good things with the kids. Um, he wasn't getting through to her. Uh, she wouldn't get help. Um, how could his goal was to find some way to help her? And uh, I write back something like uh, that it was the normal human thing was to want to uh, help somebody you love, but uh, that when you try really hard and you can't, you have to accept that that's just not going to happen and go to plan B. And then we talk a little bit about the sort of things uh, you say when you assume that you aren't going to get through, uh, you have to assess the alcoholism on your own. You have to accept, uh, assess your child's safety and take uh, steps on your own. And at the same time, um, uh, sort of when you do control something, set down your own rules for 
what is and what you what you are uh, going to do and what you aren't going to do. And I would describe that kind of moment to Sarah, and she would have out of I don't know where she gets it some idea of a very different case that would really involve something similar but different. Yeah, I would ask him if he was familiar or you know had a patient who experienced something like. Uh, they don't necessarily have a drinking problem. They don't believe they do. Um, and they usually give some evidence in writing in uh, that they don't, but their spouse is constantly on them about it. Um, so the flip side of, you know, being struggling with someone who has a drinking problem is struggling with someone who insists you have a drinking problem when you don't. And what we advise people in that situation where they have someone telling them that they have an addiction and they believe they don't is to, uh, do their own personal assessment. You know, do you feel that drinking makes you uh, worse at your job, that it makes you a bad partner, that it takes away time from your kids? Basically, does this possible addiction make you someone you don't want to be? Don't listen to what everyone else is saying. Think hard about it for yourself. And if you think that it is, then it's time to maybe try not drinking or using whatever substance for two weeks. See if you can do it. If you can't, then you really know you have a problem. Um, but in these instances where uh, someone is being hounded about an addiction that really isn't a problem, you know, the glass of wine with dinner, let's say, and a lot of people that have grown up with alcoholics are always wary about having a presence of alcohol in their home at all, um, then it's the same sort of, you know, uh, conversation to have with your spouse. Once you've done the assessment and you feel very certain that you will, you don't have a, a substance abuse problem, then it's just being assertive and calm and thoughtful and making it clear that you've thought it over and you don't believe this is the case and finding a very nice way to make it clear the conversation is over. You know, we always say that if you have done these assessments, if you've been thoughtful, then there's no reason to be defensive. Then you have nothing to argue over. You've come upon the truth, and the truth is the truth. And it obviously demands something of, you know, the patient or the reader to be very honest with themselves in the process. But if you feel very certain of your conclusion, then there's nothing really to fight about. Uh, so those would be the two sides of that same issue, you know, addressing someone with an addiction and not getting through, or having someone hound you about a possible addiction and not being able to get through to them about, you know, what you feel is more fair, more accurate. Where can our listeners find the column? Um, well, it's on our website uh, normally when we're not in a frenzy of book promotion, which is fxckfeelings.com. So it's, it's, it's the same, same website then? Yes. I mean, right now with the book, the website has lots of, you know, we're writing shorter um, responses to cases. We still have people writing in. And we are trying to keep up because we've gotten a lot more submissions than we've ever had before. We are not doing the greatest job <laughs> because we're also <laughs> doing other stuff for the book. But we will catch up. Um, so we're not pairing cases right now. But we are still taking submissions and, and writing into readers, writing back to them. And most so, cases involve an F moment. <laughs> like uh, everybody who is uh, going to be able to... Uh, protect their wife or get through to her on the issue of alcoholism, uh, <laughs> take one step forward. Not so fast. Uh, this is just not going to happen. Um, there's some moment like that, and obscenity uh, uh, really uh, helps 
uh, carry through not just the humor but the sense that life is hard and uh it's you know it's um it's just hard uh and the unfairness of it is overwhelming and we're in it together and there are some good ways forward i mean i think the humor in part uh you know we talked well i've talked over and over again about the uh, expectations that people come to with therapy you know they are so serious about what this problem is and so hopeless that they do get really trapped getting someone to laugh a little bit about their situation even if it's just through using a bad word or you know being sort of jokingly insulting you know saying well that was stupid you you have to think of it better or my father will say well that was a dumb idea and i know better because i went to harvard you know sort of being over the top <laughs> there's no guarantee in that you know well, he does love to point to his two degrees on the wall. <laughs> I've been trying to get a, a neon frame that I can use at those times to light it up. <laughs> that's very, that's very, very funny. You know, I, I've, I have got the image in, in, in my in my mind's eye here of the uh, the alert, the Harvard alert. You know, you really should believe me because I'm from I've got two degrees from Harvard. This really is good stuff. He says that. Way too frequently, <laughs> but if they can if they can hear that, if they can laugh a little bit, it frees the patient, it frees the person with the problem. It's no longer this like helpless, hopeless situation they're trapped in, and they can never get out, and nothing will ever work out there's It's a silver lining that's sort of what the the profanity provides. It's not being dismissive or you know flippant, it's far from it. It's being serious, but being serious about finding a, a real way out and not looking endlessly for a solution that does not exist. Well, it humanizes this journey of the human condition, I think. And and the other thing is there is nothing like a good F-bomb to release some energy. You know, that's also the, the, the value in this is we've got a lot of uh, pent-up emotion about our feelings. And to be able to release it with that F word of um, varying degrees, I think just feels good. It puts a smile on our face and it just gets rid of it. It expels it from the system. <laughs> yeah, the emphasis is really that we're all effed. That's just the way it is. Yeah, uh, but let's do it happily do or as happily as possible, whatever that means to the individual. Yes. I mean, is authentic, authentically about... is what I, I guess I'm saying. I'm not. I'm happy. I, I think of that annoying yellow smiley face, which ironically we really don't believe in around here, because um, we're really talking about you know finding contentment, finding uh, a grounded center in on our journey in our lives. Yeah, and making happiness a goal. I mean, we often make fun of that because you can't really control whether you're going to be happy in a certain day. You know, if you say today I'm going to be a happy person and then take one step out of your door into a pile of dog poop, well, that wasn't really your fault, and certainly you're not going to be happy now. So you shouldn't feel like a failure, though, just because you're not having the happy day that you set out to have. You know, happiness is a wonderful byproduct of being a good person, of being a person who lives up to a, a certain set of values. So if there's a reward, happens to be a reward for doing the right thing, or, you know, a certain peace that comes with knowing you're doing the right thing, then that's happiness. That's worthwhile. But we always say that, you know, if something makes you feel good, that's usually a sign it's not good for you. You know, the, <laughs> I, I always love to joke, for example, heroin, you know, that using your feelings as a guide for what's a good thing to do uh, can get you in a lot of trouble. But 
putting happiness uh, in its place as sort of a, a rewarding byproduct and not the bottom line and the goal is the best way to achieve it. Making it your goal will always make you feel like a failure when bad luck happens and happiness isn't there. Uh, yeah, I think happiness is something that some people use to describe a kind of high feeling. And I think uh, what we're talking about here is happiness is a sense of uh, being oneself, living up to one's values, being proud of what you're doing, even when there may be a lot of pain. I agree. We are out of time, and I could I could spend the rest of the afternoon with you, but the time will not permit us to do so. The book is F asterisk CK Feelings. The authors are Dr. Michael I. Bennett and Sarah Bennett. To learn more, please visit fxckfeelings.com. The handle is the same on Facebook, and the Twitter handle is at fxckfeelings. Here come the tunes. Be right back. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Harvest more happiness by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Remember what it feels like to receive a gift? We all know nothing gives happiness like a present, so you should unwrap yours at harvestinghappiness.com and sign up to receive your free ebook, Got Happiness Now, that offers simple, user-friendly ways to get greater happiness in your world each and every day. That's harvestinghappiness.com. Lisa Cypress Kamen has built an impressive global lifestyle management consulting company offering applied positive psychology, mindfulness, and integrated well-being coaching. Her services, including addiction and trauma recovery support, as well as life crisis triage, are available worldwide through phone, video, and on-site. In addition, Lisa delivers workshops, lectures, and trainings to corporations and institutions and is a frequent guest expert on many prominent radio and TV shows. Connect with us at Harvesting Happiness for more information. Harvesting Happiness for Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation offering innovative and integrated stigma-free combat recovery services to veterans and their loved ones with programming that focuses on the transformation of post-traumatic stress into post-traumatic growth using scientifically proven positive psychology coaching tools and strategies that increase self-mastery, self-awareness, and self-esteem to help heal the invisible wounds of war. To make a tax-free charitable contribution or to learn more, please visit visit hh4heroes.org. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, the show dedicated to promoting happiness from the inside out by thriving with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. So let's get back to the show and your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about how we manage our emotions or perhaps the lack thereof. And my next guest is a brilliant storyteller. He has a knack of capturing the spirit of those emotions that we, A, find hard to harness, and B, we want so desperately to possess. Jason Headley's short films have been featured on NBC's Today Show, Sundance TV, the front page of Funny or Die, the TED Conference, Vimeo or Vimeo, depending upon how you pronounce it, Staff 
picks and film festivals far and wide. Jason has been selected to participate in the IFP Emerging Storytellers Program commissioned by Heineken, Sony, and Chrysler to write, direct, and produce original short films. Jason began his storytelling career in earnest with the publication of his novel, Small Town Odds. His screenplays have made the quarterfinals of the Nickel Fellowship, the second round of consideration for the Sundance Screenwriters Lab, and the quarter and semifinals of several other national competitions. Fun fact about Jason He's really more handsome in real life than he is on camera, but he is actually handsome. And you know what? It says here, not handsome, but he is handsome. He's a handsome guy. Welcome, Jason. We're so happy to have you. Thank thank you. I'm going to tell you how I, I stumbled upon your work. I work in addiction and trauma recovery, and I was in a treatment team meeting about six months ago, and every week one of the clinicians brings in something to share that is supposed to inspire and delight Uh, the colleagues. And one of them brought in, it's not about the nail, thinking that it would remain private and in the room of clinicians. But I being bold and a little bit sassy chose to show it to all my clients, hundreds of them. Uh Uh-huh. Great. And um, these are people who are having difficulty managing their emotions. So you're touching upon the pulse of what's going on out there in the world. And I I mean the psychological uh, pulse. Tell us a little bit about the origins of It's Not About the Nail. Well, that came from um, uh, an actual conversation that I had with my wife um, where we were, you know, I've been working on being a more empathetic person and, um, we were talking about some things that were on our mind and I said, listen, sometimes I understand that I just need to listen and hear you, but sometimes there's a solution to the problem that you're talking about. And I said, sometimes it's like you have a nail sticking out of your forehead and you are complaining about your headache. And so, um, we told some friends about their sheep, Amy, my wife brought that up at uh, dinner with some friends. And my, my one friend, Andrea said, you should make a short of that. And I was like, you're right. I should. And so I did. And it just turned out to be wildly popular beyond um, any expectation. It is wildly popular because it is spot on. Any guy who's ever listened to his wife, girlfriend, or friend, Kvetch, knows that sometimes we want you guys just to shut up and listen, right? Sure. And that's what this little short is about. And I urge everybody to watch it. But that, but that led you to create uh, your latest video, which I check in on you periodically. And I stumbled upon the latest one, which pairs so beautifully with the theme of managing emotions. And I can't say the real word. So we're just going to uh, say F that. Sure. That seems safe. And it's a meditation. Tell us about it. Um. <clears throat> This one also, um, this one also uh, branched out from my wife as well. So she's handy to have around. Um, she's a keeper. She, she is a keeper. Yes, indeed. Um, she, she was taking a meditation class, and um, she had this um, guided meditation thing that was on her iPad that she was listening to, and I listened to it with her a couple of times just to see what it was about. And there was this part where this the guy would just say. Um, just acknowledge, you know, whatever was on your mind, you know, just acknowledge that that's happening and move on. And I just took to doing this voice around the house and, um, 
So if we can't swear, I can't give you the exact punchline. The first thing that I said that came up with this, but um, it's in the video. Uh, and I just said this thing about just acknowledging that a bunch of stuff is no good in your life. And we both started laughing a lot about it. <laughs> and then I, we said, well, maybe I'll make something of this. And so I just sat down and wrote a longer version and just, it was just fun to, um, anytime, you know, I've, I've tried a little bit of meditation and, um, heard about it and mindfulness and, and whatnot, but the, um, mindfulness and whatnot is how they prefer that you refer to it, by the way. Um, and whatnot. The, I like yeah, the whatnot part. Whatnot's the important part. A lot of people <laughs> stop at mindfulness and they forget the whatnot and then they're just lost in the woods. Um, but yeah, there's this idea of like, just shut off your thoughts and just be here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? How do I shut off my thoughts? Um, that seems like a pretty advanced move. So the idea of just acknowledging all of the, um, uh, sometimes the horse poop. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you, you want to be a better person, but you're still angry at some of the people who've made your day difficult. So, um, just go ahead and, uh, acknowledge that. <laughs> And I want to share, I'm actually proud to share for you that last I checked last week because I did um, prescribe the F that meditation video to one of my groups. Oh, is it prescription strength now? I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, prescription strength. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, More than 6 million hits on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, So a lot of people started asking me about would you make a longer version? And at first I kind of brushed it off, but people kept asking and asking and, um, and people, people started saying that this genuinely helps them. And you know, who am I to say what helps somebody? Um, your FNA, so, it helps, you know? Right. <laughs> and there were people saying like, I have PTSD and for some reason it just makes me laugh and also just makes me feel, it helps me do it. And I was, and my terrible fear is that it's going to end up like the optograb in the jerk where everyone's just going to end up cross-eyed at the end. But Still, requests came in, so I made this app recently and just put it up. Um, I had to change the name because uh, Apple wasn't having that name on their app store, so it's called Honest Meditation. But it's um, up to 15 minutes now. You can sit in this uh, salty Zen-like state and um, hilarious. Oh my! Well, we, we're we're gonna we are gonna we are gonna publish that in our easing, and we are going to send that out for you on social media because I, I, I love the work and 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 how I shared this with. Uh, the population I work with was in reverse, this second video. I decided I would start with the clients rather than bring it to the clinical team straight away because they would look at me like I was nuts. I thought I would just like go out and give it a, a, a quasi-clinical trial. So I brought the clients in a group and I said, this is, this is really serious. You know, I, I do meditations from time to time and I have probably found the finest meditation that is architecturally correct but a bit un- unconventional, and I'd like you to listen to it. And boy, did the, did the laughter and the mood change, and people were just giddy and shared it with everybody they knew. So it, it, it went the other way for your second one. And (laughs) then I brought it to the clinical team and I said, listen, you're not going to believe what I shared with our clients and the feedback I received of this because it is so spot on and really mirrors what they're thinking and feeling. Well, that's great. I mean, one thing that was really nice about, about this, um, meditation was that the internet can be a, uh, just awful place filled with vitriol and anger and all this stuff. And, um, 
so like with it's not about the nail the comments people who take the time to comment on things generally have something to say and they're upset about something and so the comments on it's not about the nail you get some um really awful guys saying awful things about the men and women dynamic and then you get really awful women saying really awful things about it and then there'd be people in the middle being like that was funny thanks um but the nice thing about the meditation thing has been almost a hundred percent just really positive comments and uh, people just enjoying it and um so i mean i don't spend much time reading it but when i when i glance at it it's just nice that it seems to be um seems to be okay and speaking of the theme of conscious storytelling, you know, talking about what really goes on in real people's lives and the theme, of course, that we're, we're dealing with is managing emotions. But as a storyteller, what inspires you to go out and make these little films besides your wife who, you know, she's like yeah. hats off to her because she's chief in, in, in inspirer to you. But you, you actually make short films. And how did you get started? Well, I only started making short films because I was writing and uh, writing feature films and um, directing commercials and um, wanting to direct feature films. And I just wanted an outlet to practice. And so I just started making things um, and I just started making more and more things. Anytime I'd get an idea that I thought was interesting for me, I also began just thinking about an audience of one being me. And uh, if I thought it was funny or interesting, then I would make it. And I didn't care if anybody else liked it. And that's kind of been how I've been doing things with my life for a few years. And it's, it's very relaxing. Um, but and good news is I, I just got to make a feature film. Uh, we shot it in December. And so that's been a nice, um, a, a really great breakthrough for me. Congratulations. Can you share a little bit about it? Sure. Yeah. Um, we, uh, it's called a bad idea gone wrong and, um, we just shot it down in Texas. Um, uh, we got a, we got a few great actors and shot it pretty quickly and we're in the middle of the edit right now. Um, um, I don't know what else, what do you want to know what it's about? Yeah. <laughs> it's about Why not? These, these two would be thieves who, uh, break into a house and right after they break in, they accidentally arm the alarm system. So they have to break out of the house that they just broke into and then while they're there, they discover a house sitter they didn't know was going to be there. So they have a mild, uh, hostage situation on their hands and uh, wacky hijinks ensue. Well, and one thing I can say with some certainty is the way that you present your material is so, um, I, do, I don't know if adorable is the right word. You probably wouldn't like me to use the word adorable, but people have used worse words. Yeah. And I mean it in such a heartfelt, funny, warm, spot on kind of way where the humor is a little bit double-edged. And so I look forward to uh, learning more about the film and seeing it when it comes out. We're going to go to a break. And when we come back, I want to kind of noodle around in your mind about why storytelling is so important and a little bit about your history beyond what you've just shared. To learn more about the fabulous Jason Headley, you can visit jasonheadley.com. On Twitter, that handle is at Jason underscore Headley, and that's H-E-A-D-L-E-Y. And on Facebook, it is Hey Jason Headley. Here come those tunes. We'll be right back. 
We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. Harvest more happiness by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Lisa Cypress Kamen, author of Got Happiness Now, is also a prestigious TEDx presenter. Her talks, The Mysteries of Fear and the Inversion Theory of Joy, can be found online at TED.com and on the Harvesting Happiness YouTube channel. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Check out the critically acclaimed documentary film, H Factor, Where is Your Heart? An insightful visual journey from Lisa Cypress Kamen, showing that every person possesses the means to be happy. Follow Lisa and her nine-year-old daughter, Kayla, as they travel the world on the hunt for the universal keys to human happiness. Their question, what makes you happy? Discover the origins of human happiness, where to find it, create it, and keep it. Find it in our shop at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen, the show dedicated to promoting happiness from the inside out by thriving with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. So let's get back to the show and your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about managing our emotions on the show in general, but we're also talking with Jason Headley about the magic of storytelling and how he talks about emotions, feelings, and all sort of the the soft goods that live in the human heart through the shorts that he makes, through his amazing um, F That Meditation video is one. And on the break, Jason and I were talking about another one of his shorts uh, about optimism that really taps into the emotions that I broker in in my day-to-day life with clients. And Jason, you have an uncanny ability to uh, put a humorous spin on some of the serious suffering that goes on within the human condition. Well, uh, well thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is a compliment. It's, it's yeah, a good one. It's interesting. Uh, hooray me. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, like I said, I just make things because they're interesting to me and I'm trying to learn about myself, I guess. And, um, so if they're useful to other people in some way, that's great. And, um, I do feel a little bit like the guy who accidentally, um, discovered antifreeze, like you're just making something else and, um, turns out it's something, you know, they made something useful for other people. So, um, so it's great. Well, I think you're right in that, from my experience, film is a very powerful 
passive medium for healing. While people may not be up for talking about their feelings in a therapeutic setting or in a group setting, you know, sort of the mushy, soft sides of themselves, I think when people view pieces like you've created, it taps into a common theme. And that invites the viewer to reflect, to contemplate, and become curious. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. The, um, I mean, it's great when you bump against something that you um, that feels really true to you. You know, that's that's sort of a nice gift because you um, you don't feel maybe necessarily as alone, right? You you're like, oh, great, someone else too, or uh, you know. Maybe maybe it's a sense of um, some sort of community. I don't know. I mean, for me, I, I just I like to tell stories to explore ideas. Um, and I, this all sounds a bit silly, given that these are little, you know, ninety second or two minute videos. But I I do some longer work. Um, but I, you know, I like to explore ideas and kind of fi- spend some time with them myself and try and figure out how I feel about them. And then also, I kind of feel like stories. Uh, teach us because we we are dumb and we can't remember things. We literally can't remember important life lessons. That's why we keep watching the same stories over and over again, going like, "Oh, that's right. It's better to be good to people um, because <laughs> because we're dummies. We we're not robots. Um, we're we're these balls of flesh that that seep things out, including memories. So it's good to rem- it's good to remind yourself of like how you might want to live and what you might maybe you're supposed to do. And the memory making is what helps anchor those qualities that we wish to possess and we wish to share. You know, if we, if we reside in sort of a negative space because we're repetitively doing negative things or surrounded by negative people, you know, the byproduct is going to be, well, uh, maybe just a little negative, but when you look for positive material, positive messaging, and you're constantly surrounding yourself with that, if what you're saying is true, which I believe it is, the reminder is actually what helps create the shift. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I just, I got hung up there just because the, I'm just picturing people who actually know me, this having, listening to this and hearing you describe me as so positive, it's going to be hilarious to them. (laughs) because <laughs> are you really a crusty guy in the background no i'm 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 just um <laughs> i grew up in a time and place where um positivity wasn't exactly um i wasn't surrounded by it um and so i carry that it's you um you uh you know you are what you started with and uh so i i'm a, i live in california now and have for quite some time but i grew up in west virginia and um uh and we're not known for our positivity there, generally speaking. There, we're a kind people, we're a loving people, but we're not like everything's going to work out just fine. Everybody, it's not our go-to move. So, well, that's true. I mean, that's I think the East Coast versus West Coast mentality, right? We're a little bit more touchy-feely out here on on this side of the country, and a little bit more uh, pragmatic and proper on the other side. Maybe, and you know what? We're on time. California. Come on, buy a watch, California. When you say you're going to meet someone at some time, show up on time. That's my message to California. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. You know what? We, maybe there's your next film, your next little yes. film, you know, about the, that it, it is about the watch, <laughs> you know, it's not that difficult. You've known how to tell time for some time. 
There, that was just a taste, Lisa, of what uh, of what I can be like. Okay, about the real Jason Headley. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I I happen to run on time, but I was educated on the East Coast, and people will say to me, you know, you're always on time. I'm like, I'm on radio time, baby. You know, if I say I'm going to show up at eleven, I am here at eleven because yeah. that's how I roll. But that's practice. There's on time and there's late. There's no such yeah. thing as early. Or, or California time. Yeah. <laughs> So where you come from, I think that this is really interesting because here's a guy, East Coast guy, finds his way out to the West Coast, which I, I, I'm dying to ask what brought you out here. School, love, a dream, Honda bright Accord. lights. Huh? Honda Accord. A Honda Accord. Yeah. Oh. It was, no, I came out here to start a band. That's what I, um, I graduated college and wanted to, wanted to be in a band. And so I moved to California and started a band. Because that's uh, what everybody does, right? That's what you do. I yeah been forced gumping my way through life um, and it's working really well for you it sounds like not too bad not too shabby you know and, and i know you make bigger projects bigger films longer videos but what a from a marketing strategy too i think that having these little videos out there that go viral and people start to know you everyday people like me you know i'm not a, a, a studio head honcho um, but I learn your name. I get to form some kind of connection with the work that you do. And when you make that big time, and you will, and you're on your way, it sounds like it, you're going to have a whole tribe of people that know your work, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Um, I don't know how big of a tribe it is, but it's a dedicated group. Maybe the, you know, one thing that I've gotten really spoiled about is that I'll just um, check my email and I'll just get just the kindest emails from people who just say the kindest things, you know, about having come across something of mine and, um, really loved it and, you know, just really hit them at the right time. And, um, or people who are, you know, younger people who are trying to, um, make stuff of their own and find it inspirational and all that. And it's, it's really, um, it's really, uh, kind, you know, for people to do that. Well, like you, like I said before, you're, you're touching on the pulse of something that taps into part of the human experience that we all share. And the concept, you know, when we're trying to change our thoughts, if we're trying to really work our way through darkness, depression, some challenges, because that's what, that's what we're dealing with on this show and in my everyday life, um, the notion that we are not alone, like you said, is extremely valuable. Yeah. Of course. Yes. It's, it's very helpful to, um, I mean, sometimes being alone, uh, sometimes the feeling that we're not alone, um, is awful. And that's just when you're on a bus or something, but when you're at home <laughs> feeling like, you know, feeling like there are other people out there is pretty good. Tell us again about the app and what we can find on the app. It's the longer version, the expanded new and improved 15 minute version of F that. Yeah, it's got, um, it, so it's called honest meditation. Okay, uh, and it has an asterisk for the O, but I think if you search just honest, it's fine. Um, and so it has two, a two it has the it has the video audio, the audio from the video that's just there, and then it has a five, a ten, and a fifteen minute version on the app, and you can listen to it with the music on or the music off, and um, just kind of toggle around and set it and see what happens. Uh, if there are no, if, if there are any complaints, I don't want to hear them. People requested this; I did it by request. <laughs> I don't blame you. You don't want to hear the complaints. Like, you know, t- <laughs> take it up I just with mean your if something goes something goes terribly wrong. That's not my fault. I want to pre, yeah. 
Oh, no, nothing is going to go terribly wrong. I can pretty much guarantee that anybody who listens to this meditation will finish it in a better mood with a smile on his or her face. Guaranteed. That's, that's Lisa's guarantee. Lisa's guarantee. I mean, I, 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 and I, you know, like I've tested this, right? I've test marketed this for you. Great. Well, I appreciate with, it. With people who are in serious life crises, you know? So people who have been released from mental institutions, have tried to commit suicide, who are recovering from drug addiction and trauma and other really, really seriously challenging life issues. Um, there is not one person, young or old, who I have played this for that has just not smiled, repeated the words, and, and pledged and shared it with others. So <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is um, extremely touching, and um, I'm glad to hear it. Well, it, 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 it lets you know that, you know, your fans are coming from a, a strange place and um, uh, six million sense. plus viewers can't be wrong. Well, I, you know, numbers does not equal right, but, but in this case, we'll assume it does. Well, it definitely equals a lot of <laughs> smiles on people's faces. Thank you for joining us. To learn more, please visit JasonHeadley.com. On Twitter, he is at Jason underscore Headley and on Facebook. Hey, Jason Headley, thanks so much for being with us. Here are a few moments before we part. Not a few moments, a few thoughts before we part. I have thoughts. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guests today, Sarah and Dr. Michael Bennett and Jason Headley, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of action. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with Toginet and KBUU and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new broadcast and continue to harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on iTunes and SoundCloud. To learn more about Lisa's global practice as an applied positive psychology coach specializing in lifestyle management as well as addiction and trauma recovery services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness.